everybody. Welcome back to the Glory My Night podcast. Not so much Glory tonight. Uh, it's been another really, really shite performance by United away from home against one of the teams in the top 10 and another defeat. Um, I have to be honest and say that is what we deserved, given how we yep. played, especially especially in the second half. And once again, didn't take our chances in the first half. Um, United easily could have been down to nine men in the second half. Um, unfortunately, our best player gave away the penalty in the end. Um, so, Matthew, what was your your thoughts uh, on the game? Uh, do you know, like there was increments of it, like tiny little just pieces of it that you were like, oh, we actually look okay here. And then you'd go 20 minutes and you're going, what are we going to do, anything? And then you'd get like five minutes of something and you go, oh, maybe, no, and it's gone again. Oh, okay, that was, that was it. There was nobody... Nobody that stood out. Shaw kind of done quite well, but nothing exceptional. Outside of that, there was nobody. Sabitzer came on, looked lively. But there's nothing to really... There's nobody to shout about at all. No, definitely not. Uh, yeah, so I, I forgot to introduce you. So, um, Matthew, it's good to have you back on the show. I think it's the first right. time since February that you've had you on. And, and well, I, I can't remember the battle mustache shirt. then. <laughs> I might have, been, might have been rocking the full 70s porno stash then. I can't remember. <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't remember either, but um, I wish you were on under better circumstances. But these these really poor performances and defeats are starting to become more common now because we're starting to limp over the line. And mm-hmm. the players are starting to give the impression now in recent games that they think that they've qualified for top four already, but they haven't yeah. because Liverpool are now on our coattails. Uh, Brighton are still in with a chance after that win. Um, Tottenham probably won't 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 be in the We're race. Um, in the but, but we have not consolidated that at all now. We need to go to West Ham now and get a victory, which uh, won't be easy. Um, because they've been picked up wins in recent weeks, and they're they're obviously still fighting for their lives. So, um, but that's I think it's Brighton has done the double over us over us this season, and once again, um, United failed to win at the Amex when there's a crowd present. The only three times that we've won at the the Amex is when it's been behind closed doors during the COVID era, um, but any time there's been a crowd in that stadium. United have been up, have been humiliated. Tonight wasn't quite a humiliation in terms of the scoreline, but they were absolutely crap from start to finish. Um, I have no idea why the manager selected Marcel and Fred. I flagged that up as soon as I seen it. Just thinking, what are they doing in the team? And both of them were absolutely awful, offered nothing. And then Ten Hag took to 74 minutes to make a substitution and still didn't bring on Christian Eriksen. If Christian Harrison's not fit enough to come on as a sub, then what's he doing on the bench? It just absolutely baffled me. So I think, I know Tin Hag and, and the team have had a decent season, but um, he definitely played a role in, in United losing that game tonight. So I'm just absolutely pissed off, to be honest with you. So uh, how did you see it from the the, pers- the selections and, and the substitutions then, Matthew? What did it frustrate you as well? Honestly, seeing the lineup before the game, I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'm not, there's nothing there that was like, oh, that's groundbreaking, or oh my God, that's shocking, or anything. It was literally just like a, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. I can see why. Vegorst hasn't been fantastic. So starting Martial doesn't really sort of cause any problems in terms of 
uh, confidence issues in, in Veghorst or, or you know, confidence issues in Martial. If you, I think it would affect Martial more if you'd have played Veghorst over him. Um, but again, that's more a man management side of things in terms of actual uh, systematic play. Again, we went out there and done the same thing that we've done to Brighton in the last game. And it, I say it worked then. I mean, we got the win, but not comfortably. Um, I think a lot of it falls down to personnel at the club, not in the team sheet today. I think um, the issue is that we don't have a registered striker that can stay fit for more than four games and is genuinely able to score more than five goals in a you know three month period. Like it's it's really hard to rely upon two forwards and a guy that's playing out of position, and then wonder why we're not scoring goals. Like you look at our goal difference, and that should scream everything at us. Of like how poor we've been and like defensively we have not been awful all year at all we really really haven't few lapses of judgment few errors the least amount of penalties um given to us so in terms of um defensive structure we're fine just a few errors in terms of offensive structure we've got unlucky with the penalties and we've also just not had anyone that's worth talking about i really i i really do like veghorst as a as a player for a, a team structure, but as a goal scorer, he just isn't. It just isn't it. Um, you you look at like in control of the game. We were never going to control the game against Brighton. That's just not what we're going to do to them. They're going to control it better than us. Pep Guardiola said it himself. Brighton are one of the best um, tactical squads in the league. Um, Nir certainly said that two weeks ago. Either I've he said that or I've had a dream about it, which would be even weirder. Um, but when you look at it, that Jason Steele, who played in in uh, as Brighton's keeper today, had forty two passes, thirty seven of which were completed. Um, that's more than everyone on our team today, apart from Luke Shaw and Bruno Fernandez. That's like that's that's the level it's at. We had De Gea, who had forty passes, only half of them landed to somebody. Like that long ball over the top is just not doing anything. And I watched them do it three four five times i was just like who were you even aiming for there like a long ball over the top's fine if you're aiming for a veg horse or a mccommonay or one of these big lads that you know might win ahead if you had a flaney in there i'd have got it but we don't and the guys that we're hitting it to is just either nobody in our team or somebody that's never going to win that header like rashford or or um or fred or something it just doesn't make sense to me like i'm a big to have fan i'd never was one to massively rat on him or call him out on any of his stuff but like today just was per like 50 percent pass accuracy which look i'm not expecting 100 percent. i'm not expecting every single pass. i'm not expecting him to be the greatest passer of all time that's not what i'm expecting what i am expecting is some of his passes that make sense that's that's the level we were out from playing at the back which when you're playing brighton and they're going to press you um or let you just sort of do what you need to do and then just take the ball and just nip it right at you which they done look at matoma constantly getting shown wide just holding the ball until they need to, trying to take that shot on the inside. Wan Bissaka done great holding him down. Um but in terms of holding the ball and actually doing anything with it, we, we done nothing of note at all. There was no attack that I was like, oh, this is the one. This is the one that we're gonna score in. De Gea just cannot be part of a team that plays it out from the back. Um, and there's no point in him kicking it long because nobody competes in the air and nobody can hold the ball up. Um, it just comes straight back every time the game goes long. Because um, like Martial and Rashford to a lesser extent don't compete. Uh, Vikorst does a wee bit more, but he usually fouls someone in the process and gives away a free kick. Um, so yeah, it's something 
if Ten Hag truly wants to implement, you know, his his style of play at United, he's going to have to move to Gay on. To be honest with you, he's been a fantastic servant, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's really going to fit in with the Ten Hag philosophy. To be honest with you, no, um, I think I think De Gea as a as a player in general is kind of just past it. As as a goalkeeper, he's exceptional. As a passer of the ball and a team player in a in a side that's going to do that, which I don't know if you could name me a side that doesn't try and play out from the back at the moment, but it's incredibly difficult to find one. He's going to struggle to find a club where they're not going to want to play out the back, and the clubs that don't play out the back are not going to pay his wages or even get remotely close to paying his wages. Like the teams that don't play out the back are sitting bottom of the Premier League, and they're not going to go. Do you know who we need? Three hundred grand a week, David De Gea. It's not going to happen. Yeah, even if uh, Mourinho took him at Roma, I mean, they couldn't afford that either. They can't afford it, no. They, they just about have a fiver at the moment, man. They've got no money at all. They can't afford him. No, did, Although... you, see Marie, did you see Mourinho wearing a, wearing a wire to, to hear mm-hmm. what the, the officials were? So the, the court with the officials were saying, I've never come, I think, never come across. Fully nuts. Like, he's losing it. He's just, he's getting absolutely <laughs> mental, and it's great. I'm all for it. Maybe five years from working at like Crew Alexandra and just decking like two league two referees. I can't wait. Yeah, he's going to do lolly now, um, mm. wearing a wire like as if he's some kind of police informant. Because uh, <laughs> like, he, like he, I don't know what he what he's at. He's like so uh, untrusting of officials that he's recording what they're saying so that if they say something dubious then then he he has it as evidence uh hey but that's just nuts wouldn't be like italy <laughs> to be you know suspicious and you know a little bit dodgy eh? italian football they never do that they're never dodgy at all <laughs> for those of you who don't want to see next week's italian football results look away now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's rough i know i said to you before so, we come on come here back. that i didn't have any stats by the way but i have one really interesting sort of tidbit that I would kind of like to see if you, you you knew the answer to it. Do you know who had the most tackles today? And could you name a sort of vague idea of number of attempted or completed? I'll, uh, I'll allow both answers. The number of tackles, are you talking about completed or are you including fouls in that? Uh, so attempted and completed, I will expect I will accept either answer if you get vaguely close. So name the player and the amount of passes. Or um, the tackles, sorry. The player I think committed them, who made the most number of tackles. Um, I'm guessing this is not an obvious answer. It's, it's quite obvious, but the number is just ludicrous. Casemiro. Yeah, it's Casemiro, right? Do you know how many tackles he attempted and how many he completed? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna say he didn't complete very much, um, based on what I saw. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a I say clue. It's definitely not a clue, right? The second, third, and fourth um, most completed tackles was three for three with Wamasaka, uh, Alexis McAllister, and Matoma. Um, Bruno had attempted four, but only completed two. Um, and Casado attempted three, but only completed two, right? So that's your top five slash six, apart from Casemiro, right? Who attempted 13 tackles and completed seven. Was yeah, there so any like, was the ball anywhere else in the pitch, or was it just on his lap <laughs> the whole game? Yeah, and he he seemed to commit a few fouls as well. A few, you know, I think he got lucky at one stage. He was all over someone, and the referee played the advantage, um, mm-hmm. and he got away with 
the, you know, a potential yellow card there when he was only yellow. And yeah. then he was flying in. He was, there's one even towards right. the ender. Yeah. Yeah. He tried to make a block. And he got nowhere near it. Uh, and he, and he's, he's gone off the boil, you know, quite recently. Ever since he come back from that four game suspension, he hasn't looked himself. Uh, he's not he really, really has. Yeah, and even giving the ball away a lot as well. Mm-hmm. You know, simple passes, and he's just giving it away. Um, yeah, and he's walk. He's he's walking a tightrope again tonight. Um, yeah, he's another player. Just needs the 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 season to end quickly and get the get the batteries recharged. Um, like, yeah. but the, some of these players, I don't want to be here in August. Um, Same. Fred and Martial. Um, of the, uh, I'm going to be honest and say De Gea as well. Um. Well, Fred's contract up, so that one's that one. That one is possible. Solved. <laughs> um, this summer or next. So if it's not up, and, you're looking at a, a budget sale of a couple of million. Like, and I know we've talked about Diogo Dallo before. Um, that he's he's okay at everything, but spectacular mm-hmm. at nothing. But that's not good enough for Manchester United. And when he's playing at left back, he's being exposed. He's, you know, he's a right-footed player playing left back, and mm. they. He doesn't stop crosses coming in. He, he it's to be fair, seen none he, of our fullbacks do. I know. That's not just and a him thing. It's not just that, but when Sully March, for example, he 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 turns inside and it's so obvious he's a left footed player, March. You know he wants to use his left foot, but Dallow then goes down the line and, and just lets him have a free shot on goal. I mean you need to know who you're playing against here and, and mm-hmm. show him onto his bad foot. Um it just wasn't good defending at all. Um uh, and Dallo, if he plays at left back against Manchester City in the cup final, well, it's, it, it is going to be a cricket score. Um, I think it, it could be anyway. I'm not looking forward to that, to be honest. And I've said that but a few you, times already. You know how much I love Dallo. I think he's a, like a really, really, really good squad player. I don't think he's more than that. His wages aren't ludicrous. So I don't mind keeping him around. He's on like 60k a week, well, which for us is completely pennies. Like, there's clubs in Europe who really rate this guy. If if we're offered good money for him, I would take it. I'll, I'll drive him to the airport. I'd like if if you can get 40, 50 million for Dallow, you could grab somebody better. As a squad player, there's no harm in keeping him. If if it's somebody comes in with a 10, 15 million, just keep him. There's no point. Like you're not going to get anyone that's going to be groundbreaking or step up and do better than him for 15 million. Whilst 40, 45, take that money, grab one maybe two players go out look at riddle back at Wolfsburg. uh go grab conrad limer at, at leipzig who's out of contract in the summer who can play right back can play right midfield play center midfield that's both riddle back and conrad Lamer. that is um you could look at uh, specialist right backs if that's what you're looking for but you already have that with wambasaka so you're surely wanting somebody that's a bit more versatile he's going um, to bring in uh, fringpong isn't he but it sounds like jeremy fringpong's been really looked at and I, I just i don't get it like he's a really really good player um but defensively, he offers nothing. He's completely the opposite of yep. what Wan Bissaka is. <laughs> yeah. like, he literally just stays well, at right wing. He's not a right back. Well, if, if we had Wan Bissaka and Feng Pong, it'd be like a case of horses for courses. Yeah. Wan Bissaka against the big teams and Feng Pong against, against the lesser teams. It's so. something I could see. The only the only way Feng Pong works in a United uh, team is if we use the same thing I said we should have used under Ollie when we had Ethan Laird coming through and Dalu. Um, if you're going to use it, you need to use it almost like a three at the back where Wan-Bissak is tucking in ever so slightly and then whatever that right back, so Frimpong in this uh, scenario is playing just on the right-hand side of him. So it plays almost like a back three. But the problem is then you're sacrificing one of your midfields 
or one of your forwards, which could work. I mean, if you're dropping Sancho, Frimpong's a, a great replacement for that, which is a weird sense to say, Sancho for Frimpong, considering one's a winger and one's a, a wing back. But um, I think if you can do that and have Rashford off the left with Luke Shaw in behind him, that offers a level of balance. Um, but I can't see Ten Hag doing that. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of these uh, progressive coaches now pushing uh, fullbacks into midfield. You know, Arsenal do it, City do it, um, and we've seen Liverpool do it. So, yeah, you could see like Fringpong um, becoming part of the midfield. Um, when... Liverpool's now doing it with Trent. Ten Hag done it at Ajax with Masrawi, um, and it worked there. Masrawi's now at Bayern and not really doing anything. So, I think he was injured or he was he might have been sick. I'm not too sure. Um, but he was exceptional there when they tried it. They, they used the the inverted fullback and tucked him in the midfield and then dropped the centre uh, defensive midfielder into centre half and created almost a back three with the, the two centre backs. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see who we bring in, but we don't even know who's signing the checks yet. That's the, that's the major issue. I mean, Liverpool are making progress with signing Alexis McAllister, who scored tonight, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and we're not in the race because we don't know... Yeah, and we don't even know who's in charge. It's going to be you no know, signing the checks in, in the summer, so that's why we can't make progress with signings. Um, that's a fucking joke. Um, well, come back to tonight, though. Um, yeah, not only was I frustrated with some of the selections, like I touched on earlier, mm-hmm. but didn't make a sub the 74th minute and didn't bring on Ericsson at all. Now, for me, Ericsson is probably our best ball playing midfielder, and yeah. he helps us control games. Why was he not used? Can you think of a reason why? I'm assuming it's something fitness related, but as you said at the start, why would he be on the bench if it was a fitness issue? Um, I've really, really no idea. In terms of us breaking the Brighton down, there was passes that could have been made long that I think Ericsson would have found, but I think we needed all action in terms of Brighton let you press, so they're going to let you just do what you need to do we're going to find our pass. You've seen it a couple of times where we were so high up and so heavy pressing and all they were doing was just like running their centre back to the corner flag almost, like nearly that far back, passing to the keeper, Jason Stale just reassessed, back onto their side and you're just switching the path of wherever they're wanting to go and just letting you press as much as you want. Fred, Sabitzer, Bruno, Casemiro, Veghorst, um, Anthony even slightly are all going to do that press doesn't really work against Brighton. So maybe do, do you go for something else, which would have been Ericsson? Ericsson would have been perfect for that because he's that cool, calm head. He's that, not to that level, obviously, but he's that Paul Scholes type of player where he can just sort of chill with the ball, pick a pass, bang, over the top. There you go, Rashford, you run onto that, just clean through, no bother. Bruno has it in his locker, but he's so all action and all on the go all the time that you don't get to see it as much. What's with Ericsson, he's just so calm cool all the time just relaxed just take it as easy as you need to be maybe he would have worked as something different but it looked like ten hag wanted to do the big heavy press against brighton which i don't really but understand how can you press with martial yeah um, he's just no he doesn't he he pretends he makes it look as if he's pressing when he's not and that that just pisses me off even more um, yeah. and he never competes in the air uh, if it's a 50-50 challenge he pulls out of it to protect himself um, he's a player of absolutely no time for and I think he's probably lost half a yard of pace with all the injuries he's had I think he, we've seen the best of him um, and you, I think he has to go on as soon as possible but 
I'm just confused as to why Ten Hag thought he was a good option tonight because he hadn't played him in the most recent games. Why did he bring him in tonight? Because what he'd been doing actually is playing Rashford up top uh, and Sancho on the left. And yeah. it, it had worked to a certain extent, you know, against Villa and Tottenham. Um, why did he drop Sancho and bring in Martial? And he never uses Fagundu, Fagundu Palestri at all. He's a player that's impressed me immensely whenever mm-hmm. he's been given an opportunity. And we haven't seen him now for maybe six to eight weeks. Um, so Martial is never an option for me, just the same as Maguire. Um, he's yeah. not an option either. <laughs> I, look, I, 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 if they're going to play, they're going to play. They can, they're always going to upset you at some point in terms of they're going to come on and they're maybe going to have a good performance. I don't hate Martial in any way whatsoever. I think he, there is a player in there. I think if you're looking a poacher, which is what he is now, let's be honest, he's not a out-and-out Rashford-style striker where he's just going to take on three men, dribble it straight through and good to go. He's going to take on maybe one, maybe two, straight in the box, tap it in. But he's not doing any running. He's not a pressing forward. He's not a deep lying forward in terms of just linking up the play and letting Rashford overlap or do whatever. He, he just he doesn't seem to be exceptional at anything. And his his one capability is taking on one man, just a wee dink through the legs or something, and throw on you a goal and just a tap in, which is a poacher's routine almost now. Um, but well, it, it, it comes back to the De Gea thing of many teams are using poachers. And who's going to take him? And who's going to take him on what two hundred and twenty k a week or whatever he's on? Yeah, I don't know how United are going to shift him with that salary. It's going to be like a they're going to have to compromise, like they did with Alexis Sanchez with a, a Serie A team who's willing to take him. Um, yeah, he's just. I think Martial is not going to get any better now. Um, what we've seen of him in the. The lockdown season, what we've seen of him in his first season, that's the best Martial, and I don't think he's capable of reproducing that now in the future. Um, like I say, he's declined physically. Um, and he's got rice crisp knees. He's absolutely shattered. His legs just don't work anymore. What is he, 27? No. Yeah, and he's played 19 out of 56 games this season. And that's just not good enough. Um, so, yeah, he has to be moved on uh, at the end of the summer, if possible, because like you said, yeah, the wage issue will make it difficult to, to move him on. Almost um, like with a really bad business structure or something, isn't it? Same patterns here. Yeah. What, what do you call that guy, uh, EW, who was uh, responsible for that? Uh, um, Eagle Wanker, I think is what EW stands for. <laughs> yeah. Entire um, Wanker? Yeah, I'm going with that one. <laughs> Marcel had his opportunity tonight, didn't take it. Rashford had one. Anthony had a guilt-edged chance of it at the beginning of the game. It could have been a different game altogether if he had buried that. Um, yeah, so once again, we just weren't clinical enough. Um, one of the worst misses I've seen in recent games was uh, Fernandez hitting the crossbar from six yards out against Spurs, which would have finished off that game, which he ended up on. But it's been story of the season. Like you mentioned earlier, the goal difference is just a joke. Was it plus nine? Um, and all the teams around us are, are like plus 56. Plus thirty six and like even Newcastle's is like weirdly good. Like um, ours is horrendous compared to like even Liverpool, who's below us, is fifteen better. Brighton, who <laughs> is two places below us, and we just lost to, but uh, whatever, uh, is thirteen above us. Spurs are below us on goal difference, which is fine because they're shit. Villa are below us again. They spent half of the season in the relegation zones because they were getting managed by uh, a joke of a manager. And then Brentford are only one off of us who are sitting in ninth. Yeah, that's not a Manchester United goal difference. Um, 
that it just shows you how urgent it is to, to have a striker in. You cannot be relying on Rashford, who's mostly a winger, to, to score all your goals. Uh, it was a few weeks ago where I heard a stat that Rashford was responsible for 35% of United's goals. It's absolutely ridiculous. Probably um, right. You, you might say that, that fair play to Rashford, but that's a, a down indictment on the rest of the team. And and you can see it. Um, the, the, like, like, like you mentioned, Newcastle in recent weeks have been scoring six, five, four in games. United are just not capable of that at the moment. And there's some way off um, the rest of the teams in terms of their attack and output. And there's a journalist, uh, Mark Ogden, who made a comment on that earlier, um, which I thought was quite interesting. If I can just get it up here. And I'm not talking about my cock, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Mark Ogden says, Lack of awareness or willingness to pass to a teammate is one reason why Man United score so few goals. City, Liverpool forwards always find a pass. Rashford, Martial, Anthony tend to dribble and waste possession. Yeah, there was was opportunities in the game where we were in a great, great position. Martial would stumble or fall over the ball or something. Rashford wouldn't get his head up and pick out Fernandes and ran into cul-de-sac. Just really poor decision making in the final third, and really poor shooting as well. Shooting straight always seemed to, tonight for some reason. United were trying to constantly score by shooting at the keeper's legs, hoping that it would go in between his legs. But uh, even Rashford's free kick was the same. <laughs> yeah, straight down his throat. Um, mm-hmm. Jason Steele is is a pretty good goalkeeper, but and he has some. Uh, his stats have been pretty impressive this season, so it makes you wonder why Robert Sanchez was playing in the FA Cup semi-final. But I'm glad that he was, because the, the only two times that United have won a penalty shootout since 2008, uh, Robert Sanchez has been in goal, and uh, one Rochdale for Ratsdale, one for yeah. Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. So he's as bad at, as, at team penalties as what the gay is. And we knew when Luke Shaw gave that penalty away that. De Gea wasn't going to get anywhere near it. In, in fairness, it was an amazing penalty. And no keeper probably would have stopped that. But De Gea, how many I didn't penalties? watch it. I still haven't seen the penalty. As soon as I seen Luke Shaw's hand hit the ball, I got up and went for a shower. I was like, nah, I'm not watching this. Yeah, you knew what was coming. Um, yeah, I, I already had my coat on, ready to leave uh, at that point. Um, and you, the, like, as soon as a penalty is given against us on De Gea is in goal, uh, we might as well just, just just walk out at that point and the game's done. That's the thing as well. They're looking at keepers and you're hearing all these rumours about keepers and Robert Sanchez is one of the ones that's consistently been linked to United in the last 12 months. You know, he's not better at all. No, no, definitely not. Uh, one of the most ridiculous links to United in recent months was Melier from Leeds. Are you kidding me? The guy's an I absolute think... dunking. I think it was was the first game of season last year I was on here. Me and you were talking about it. And it was United versus Leeds. And we absolutely pummeled them. And I'd watched all of Leeds' pre-season friendly games just to see how they were doing. Um, and he is one of the worst keepers I'd ever seen for those like <laughs> those three games that he played. He was so, he couldn't have saved anything, man. If I'd have passed him the ball, he'd have somehow knocked it in. He was horrendous. But hey, we're pretty good at getting French players off of Leeds, so maybe he will work. Who knows? No, not this time. <laughs> nah. Um, I'm just seeing some pictures here of Brighton celebrating in the dressing room like they've won a trophy. Nah, grow up! <laughs> Come on, it's Newcastle all over. What again. a small club mentality. Um, like, listen, we'll take the FA Cup final, and they can celebrate their their double over us. I know it's I know it's match I'd rather win. Um, this mm-hmm. is. That's not that's not revenge. That's not the 
same no. as winning at Wembley. Yeah. No. So look, like some players here are doing the robot dance. You know, this is really, really pathetic. That's really weird. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> like, what is the justification for that? Like, um, you know what I'd, yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see Roy Keane in the studio and being asked for his views on the Brighton dressing room. He'd currently, um, he would be. You'd <laughs> there'd be holes in every wall in that studio. It'd be right <laughs> hooking Mecca Richards. It'd be absolutely just front kicking Gary Neville. Everyone would be dead. I remember um, Austin Villa doing this in the dressing room whenever they stayed up, and Roy Keane was in the studio, oh, no. and he was just shaking his head, frowning, going, "What? What is this?" Uh, I mean. If you, if you won a trophy, fair enough, but avoiding relegation, this is nothing to celebrate. Uh, but this, ramping that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was pathetic and embarrassing, really. Uh, and why is there always seem to be a camera in, in Brighton's dressing room? No matter if it's Wembley or the Amax, they all seem to have... Creep. Hmm? Is there, is there, is there a creep. Just chilling with the camera. They don't, know, don't even know he's there. Or maybe there's a documentary being filmed for Amazon or something. Is that what it is? Maybe. No, I think it's Arsenal's this year. Yeah. yeah. I, sure. um, Luke Shaw has owned up. He said, hands up, silly mistake that causes a point. Oh, don't end. say hands up. Definitely don't say hands up. That's the yeah, wrong choice of words entirely. Yeah, hands yeah, down. He, Look, that's that the, problem. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> he done. He done. He done a Paul Pogba against Liverpool. He put the hand up in yeah. the air and give penalty away. But he's been our best player in recent weeks. In fact, he might even win United's April Player of the Month award, which will be announced shortly. I don't want to be that guy, right? Everyone rats on about Luke Shaw and how he's overweight, right? That's always been the thing since he joined the club, since the leg break, since everything was always at, oh, he he looks like he's had a wee bit of fitness issues, right? I I don't want to jump on that bandwagon because nine times out of ten, it is a wee bit bullshit. Um, He's a bit chunkier than most footballers. So is Wayne Rooney. Doesn't really mean anything. Um. He looks really lean all of a sudden. Like in the last sort of six to eight weeks, he looks like he shed a load of weight and looks like he's been in the gym like constantly since he's playing center half and he's playing really well. So, like, I hate to feed the idea that Luke Shaw being overweight was the problem, but it does balance out with he looks slightly leaner than he did beforehand and he is now playing better. Yeah, I think he has peaks and troughs with his weight. Um, mm. throughout the season it goes up and down don't we all um, yeah. we're, but we're not paid professional athletes <laughs> I know we're not on like uh, you know, six figure salaries mm-hmm. 120 um, I think says I know I know yeah something like that um, he just signed a new one um, I know people yeah. probably don't really feel like talking about it at the moment but once again Juan Bissaka had Matoma in his pocket um, and McToma was was desperately um, diving all over the place to try and win penalties because he just wasn't getting a kick against Juan Bissaka. Um, you yeah, talked so about it earlier with Dello not realizing what foot Solly Marsh was and how he couldn't use his like his brain to figure out where he wanted to bring the player to. So I don't know if it's a tactical system or what because Juan Bissaka was doing exactly the opposite. He was putting Matoma where he wanted Matoma to be. He was putting him out wide, letting him. You've seen it in, I think it was the last sort of five, maybe the last 10 minutes. Um, Matoma had the entire left hand side free with nobody anywhere near it. And it was within maybe just outside the six yard box. And Wamazaka was just like, yep, no problem. And just stayed on that inside post and just let him have, all, or the outside post, sorry, just let him have that entire inside post. And he just watched him. And Matoma yeah. still cut inside and tried to take the shot at the far post. Well, it was like it was just standing there, just watching it happen. 
you see a player like that have the intelligence and the defending of knowing what foot and where to put the player to, to know exactly what he's going to do. Whilst Delo didn't have that, Wambasaka definitely does. Yeah, we've seen this season players like Madison, Zaha, have been very complimentary towards um, uh, Wambasaka and Matoma in his interview after the the league, the FA Cup semi final, uh, said that his 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 performance against Wambasaka in that match was a complete defeat. And tonight was more of the same, but obviously it didn't matter as much because they got that late penalty. But uh, Wambasaka really has his number, and to be honest, Wambasaka rarely gets defeated by any winger. Um, so, like, look, look what happened in the League Cup final. San Maximan was given Dalo the runaround. Uh, Wambasaka comes on. Wambasaka, uh, San Maximan doesn't get a kick, and then San Maximan is then substituted by Eddie Howe. So, yeah. This this is why I wouldn't get rid of Juan Basaka. Um, he's he's an asset that no one else really has in, in, in the modern game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll always be useful in in situations, especially against big teams and and tricky wingers. So if 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 he is going to sign uh, Jeremy Fringpong, then you'll, you'll it'll, it will be a case of horses for courses. You'll have the attacking fullback for when you want to go on the front foot. And when you're playing against better teams, you'll have one Pasaka. So that makes sense to me. And if we're offered 30 million for Dallo, I would snap their hand off for I think personally, I wouldn't take Frimpong. Everyone seems to be on the big Frimpong bandwagon. He's obviously a great player. I think he'd absolutely do bits at a top, top club. Um, I just don't think he suits the system. I think having that um, so uh, contrasting players, just it, it doesn't, it doesn't sit right with me. It, it didn't work when we had Ollie and he had Dallow and Ethan Lord and Wamasaka because one done one and one done the other. So it was just a complete systematic change. But then if one of them gets injured and you're wanting to go into a game where you're wanting to do that all at attack, but say Dallow's injured, you're stuck with Wamasaka and having to put him in a position tactically that isn't going to suit him and you're having to switch the whole system again. I think if you have a player that's kind of versatile and again, a Dallow type player where he's a bit of everything... But better than, I think that's a, that's great. I think you look at Conrad Leimer at Leipzig, who's just exceptional. He plays in a midfield role. Um, he plays at right back. He's played pretty much everywhere. Um, I, I think if you look at how Pep's doing it with City, I hate to mention it, um, and how Klopp's doing it with Liverpool now, where Trent, that right back's always sort of just coming on in the inside. Ten Hag clearly wants to do that too. I think I might have sent you it a while ago. Um, Ten Hag's system is really, really familiar because it was exactly the same system that Pep used when he was at Bayern in terms of the right-hand side winger um, wants to cut in on the left-hand side who's like massively predominantly left-footed with a right-back who drifts into the centre um, and plays almost as like a central defensive midfielder with that player that was in the right-hand side of midfield pushing up as an advanced playmaker almost parallel to the attacking midfielder um, within the, like that entire system is exactly the same as what Pep's was at Bayern when he was at Ajax or at Ten Hag's when, when he was at Ajax um, which is why Anthony being brought into United, I'm like, I think he might be trying to go the same system again here because it's that right winger, heavily left footed. So going for somebody um, like Dallow works better for the system, whilst going for Wamasaka doesn't. And that's why I think Frimpong is neither of those two players. He, do, he I don't think he inverts. He he overlaps. It just I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, it'll be interesting to see who Tin Hag does bring in. Um, it'll ultimately be down to him and you know to McLaren and his, and his assistant uh, who do they decide. There's obviously plenty of options out there, but um, 
no, we obviously have no, no no say in the matter. Um, you don't know but, that. I might be a scout. I'm an undercover <laughs> scout. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you could probably do a better job than the scouts that were working on under Ed Woodward's tenure, and they were a complete disaster. Um, I don't really know. We, we had the most scouts hired by any professional club in England. That's a true yeah, story. Through a recruitment agency, um, yeah. and and they spent fifty two million on Fred. So <laughs> that's a bargain. I talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. So tonight was was not a good performance at all. Um, and there was obviously question marks over the the team selection and the the substitutes. Um, and you know, Ten Hag has said recently that there was players only given ninety percent. Well, there was definitely players tonight who were going through the motions again, and they seem to think that you no know, top four is a shoe in, and it's not. Um, so big pressure on us now to go to uh, West Ham and get a result. So. He needs to, like like you said there. Sabitzer was impressive with even with his first touch. He created a chance for United. He was away. Mm-hmm. I think somebody cynically fouled him. You know he needs to come into the team, or Harris needs to come into the team, or both of them. Why are we playing these substandard players? And we've got when we've got better players on the bench, uh, and then taking too long um, to change it. Um, yeah, it's just so 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 annoying. Um, yeah, I, I really like Sabitzer. The last time I was on here, it was when we just signed him and you were asking for my opinions on him and everything. And I think since he's come in to United, he's not you know ripped up any trees or lit any fires or anything. He's not been a 10 out of 10 player every game, but he's done a job and he's looked good pretty much most games. Like He's not done anything exceptional, but he's, he's been good. Um, and, and as soon as he came on today, he, he let the team up. He got one attack straight away and then you were kind of relying on De Gea hoofing the ball up to nobody again, which means you weren't creating as many chances as you wanted. So you couldn't get the players that were doing this actual work. <laughs> you weren't getting them on the ball, so they weren't getting to do the work. Yeah, and how how Ericsson doesn't play any part in this game is just beyond me. Um, uh, yeah, Sabitzer's, uh, the way he turned away from that midfielder, uh, was exceptional. No, Fred doesn't even doesn't possess that quality. No. Um, Fred was just just and just another headless chicken performance. Just just running around. I mean, the, the co commentator said when he came off that you know he showed a lot of energy tonight. Energy. He shows energy. He can need more than that at this level. That's 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 Fred's yeah. thing is energy. That's all he shows. I've always said this. Fred shows energy every game. Doesn't mean he's good. Toddlers <laughs> show loads of energy. It doesn't mean I'm going to stick them in midfield. It's just. Yeah, I, it's he doesn't really provide anything, you know, from an attacking sense, and you know, still, you know, players get away from you know too easily at times. Uh, he presses, yeah, but you need more than that. I mean, Jesse Lingard pressed, you know, you need you need to show more quality than that. Look at how well he's done. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it just shows you what how many wasters we had the club last mm-hmm. season. Um, we still have a few more that need to be moved on. Um, again, if we're offered good money for McTominay, I would take it. Maguire has to go. Um, the players I mentioned already who played tonight, uh, they need to be moved on as well, in my opinion. Um, and we, I think we need, you know, a few weeks ago, I would have said we need at least three quality additions to the starting 11. I'm going to say five now, to be honest with you. It's at least, um, it's at least three. Yeah, and we need to beef up the squad as well. So hopefully we can get five of them through the door. But 
that will all depend on um, who's going to be in charge of the club. Sure. Uh, are we going to get an answer in that soon? Probably you know, not. Because teams are already conducting their transfer business and we can't do that. Um, but they don't give a shit, the Glazers, because the most important thing to them is acquiring the most money, not what the club are doing in the summer if they're intending on selling. Yeah, they're just absolute parasites and getting to bug me again. If we throw this top four away, that's a fucking disaster. It really is. Because this, I want the season to end because our performances are getting worse. We're losing games more regularly. Um, on the cup final, I'm not looking forward to that at all. You I'm know, actually in Manchester that weekend. Um, and I am terrified I might get murdered that night because I genuinely, like, I'm extending my stay. I'm going to an Arctic Monkeys gig, but I was like, oh, well, United City. I'm in Manchester. I might as well just go to a bar and I'll watch the match. And I'm really not looking forward to it because I was hoping it would be a nice wee celebration because I'd get, you know, I'm in Manchester for you know, United FA Cup win. But, like, I'm, I'm just not optimistic. Nobody is. I mean, it's one of those games where City have to have an off day. We have to be absolutely ex- exceptional mm-hmm. and we need a bit of luck. And even and then, we, we might... Somehow even... alone Holland for the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it looks like it's going to be a makeshift back four. You know, because Martinez is not going to be available, it means Luke Shaw will almost certainly play centre-back. So even if Ferran comes back for that, it's going to be a makeshift left-back. Um, either Molassi or Dallo, neither of those are great options, in my opinion, a left-back, especially against an opponent that, that, as good as Manchester City. Um, they'll target that weakness. And on the, on the topic of Luke Shaw, though, I have to give him a massive bit of credit right at the end. That turn to get away from the defender, there's just him yeah. and Lindelof at the back, and he just like we Cruyff turn, just bang straight through the middle of two of them, just pulls it out of danger, no bother whatsoever. Thought that was exceptional. Yeah, I think from from a, ta- uh, a technical point of view, he's a he's a quality footballer. Uh, and never when he's in possession, um, and we're being pressed, I'm never concerned. Seeing where Martinez. Or Varane, for that matter. We see if it's Maguire, Lindelof, or De Gea in possession, and we're being pressed. I'm, I can't even watch. You know, it, you're just expecting them to give it away. Um, if the, that journalist, Mark Ogden, to, to quote him again, after the Sevilla debacle, he said that Maguire, Lindelof, and De Gea are United's Bermuda Triangle. Nice, I like that. <laughs> and uh, I can see where he's coming from because we've we've seen it that that the trio for about five or six years now. And um, now Lindelof, to give him his dues, has been been better in recent games but if Iran's available for the cup final then he definitely starts for me yeah. um so just to do run down the play ratings this will be interesting after that absolute disaster show tonight um so De Gea yeah he made a brilliant save for McAllister just in the build-up to the goal I do have to say that there's a free kick that um Luke Shaw was then booked afterwards that wasn't a free kick that that <laughs> That that fella and that eventually led to the goal. And that fella, which you call him, he was diving around all night. Matoma was as well, but there's another guy, uh, Inceso. Yeah, yes. he goes down very easily, doesn't he? It's embarrassing. It's. Uh, um, I'm not even surprised anymore. It seems to just. It's the norm. I know Bruno does it for United and, and Rashford were down easily at one point tonight, so we have to be to be fair. Oh yeah, so I'm not even. But, I don't even slobber anymore because United's team are the worst for it. <laughs> uh, so De Gea probably uh, a six. Wanda Saka, I'd say a seven. Kept Matoma quiet again. 
Um, Lindelof six. Um, Shaw goes down to a five after giving away the penalty. Um, Dallo probably a four. Fred a three. Casemiro a four. Bruno a five. Anthony, we haven't even talked about that yet. We'll get on to it in a second. Anthony uh, a three. Martial a two. Rashford probably a five. Um, and then the substitutes, I mean, they didn't, it took far too long to get them on, so we can't really, can't get, really them get them ridden. Yeah, and then one, Ten Hag probably gets a, a three from me. He made too many mistakes tonight. But Anthony, he was very lucky to remain on the pitch. He lost it. his head completely. I love but... that. That was exceptional. That little kick out, that is me playing pro clubs. That is me at five aside every time. Man. I see that little bit of attitude, that little bit of just. The bite, oh, that's what you want. I'm sick of players getting fouled and then just being like, oh, why, why me? Why am I getting fouled again? Oh, and then just like whining and doing nothing about it. He stepped up and was like, see what's happening here. He kicks lumps out of me and it's not a foul. I kick lumps out of them and I get a yellow card. See what happens here? Like that little bit of just hurt, that little bit of actual anger coming out. You need that. Casemiro would have done the same. Bruno would have done the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it has to be like Leicester Martinez, though. It has to be controlled aggression. Yeah. You can't go like that. He could have got a straight red there because that wasn't a foul. It was a kick. He kicked the guy. Mm. Uh, and the yellow card was, was very lucky, in my opinion. Oh, he and definitely then, should have been sent off. I still love the attitude, though. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, Tin Hag loves the South Americans. He loves the guys that, you know, they show, they, they show attitude, they show passion. But you have to, you have, it has to be controlled aggression as well. <laughs> that, he just lost his head. Um, it, it was shades of kind of Wayne Rooney from when he was that age. Skinhead, skinhead Rooney. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't even think it was a foul that that he that he wanted given. You know, remember no, that really upset him. It was. It could go either way. If it would have been a foul, I wouldn't have argued otherwise. The fact that it wasn't, it maybe should have been. It was maybe sort of, if you're talking in the middle somewhere, it's maybe slightly verging more towards a foul, but like. I'm not mad either way. He was, I think Fred dragged him away. I mean, he yeah. was, he was really well. He was in danger of probably swinging at uh, Lewis Dunk as well. And that definitely would have got him a red. Um, I love that. Yeah. Play, by the way, Lewis Dunk is six foot four. Anthony uh, was not even <laughs> yeah. remotely. And he was chest to chest with him. Yeah, he threw the shoulder <laughs> in his chest. And I was like, what a guy. This is, this is the attitude that you have to have to play for United. If you don't, if you're going to hide away, there's no point. Yeah, there's too many people out there who they hide. That's exactly that's the right word. Yeah, Marcel is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say that uh, Jesus was it the oh. was it the last match we had when Bruno was like everyone was talking around and every time Maguire came over, everyone would look at him and be like, "Shut up." It was the Anthony one as well a couple of weeks ago too, where like everyone was like buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. Then Maguire came over and Anthony was like, "Yep, hello," and then just kind of walked away. There's loads of just stuff with Maguire the, where he just kind of hides away and nobody cares. As soon as he's over, everyone's like, oh, it's him again. It's that guy. Ugh. Yeah, I think I was in the Forest game where Anthony appeared to just ignore Maguire. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo didn't take him very seriously either, Maguire. Um, I get it. He's a bit of a joke figure now. I mean, Aston Villa fans cheered his arrival on the pitch at the weekend. I kind of feel sorry for him he's at the on a personal level. I feel sorry for him. On a actual but, player level, I don't want to be near my club. I want I gone. Yeah. Do you know why I don't feel sorry for him? Because he's extremely arrogant. Yeah. Yeah, he's nothing to prove. Yeah. I've won nine games in a row. I have nothing to prove. 
Nothing yeah, to worry about the Cobham fans after a goal against fucking Estonia or whatever it was. <laughs> Albania, yeah. Albania, is that what it was? <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. He's, he just doesn't have the elite mentality to play for Manchester United. And he doesn't have the ability either, obviously, but that's... No, he, no the problem is he does have the elite mentality. He doesn't have the ability to match it. That's the issue. In his head, he is fucking class and doesn't need to work on it. The problem is but, he's not fucking class and he does need to work on it. Cupping your ears against Albania t- tells me everything that he that he doesn't have. He needs to know that's just a, a mediocre game of football against a you know a D level opponent. You know yeah. that does not prove anybody wrong by scoring in a game like that. In his um, head, that was the Ronaldo like shush, calm down moment. In his head, that's yeah. what that was like the like the Ronaldo when he was at Atleti. It was the Atletico Madrid game, and they were like two 0 down or something. And they're all booing Ronaldo and booing Ronaldo. And as soon as he scored and brought the game back, he shushed them and done the calm down. In his in Harry Maguire's head, that was his moment. That was his version of that. But in reality, he just looked like a knobhead. Yeah, and, and he's looked like a knobhead a few times in his career. Mm. Um Harry Maguire is like he didn't play tonight, so we can't fault him. He's obviously more issues than just him, but he's a he's he's a he's a disaster when he comes. I'm gonna on. find a way to still fault him. If he <laughs> yeah. was a good player, we wouldn't have to play a right back at left back and a left back at centre half. Yeah, he's not even fourth choice, yeah. and he's meant to be captain of the football club. Yeah, whatever we can get for him, even if we're offered you know five shillings, and let's take it and move on. Um, Again, I'll drop him to the airport as well. Yeah, to, I'll do an airport uh, run. I'm hoping it's the same airport. To be honest, he'd, he'd probably be flying only to the West Midlands airport or something. I don't think he's going. He'd be going too far. Maybe Heathrow. Salford looking like a player. I'll drop him around there. It's, it's not too far from from Manchester. I don't so. think. Don't even think they'd take him. I'm not even sure Linfield would take him. If I'm <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although Linfield are pretty best yeah. they might take him. <laughs> Um, at this point, I'd rather have a 35-year-old Johnny Evans in Harry yeah. Maguire, if I'm being brutally honest with you. I said this three years uh, ago or four years ago. Whenever it was either just after with Sam Maguire or just before, I had said I would legitimately rather bring Johnny Evans back. Yeah, and, and I would agree with that. What a, It's the biggest waste of 80 million of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, not even governments have wasted that amount of money. Uh, no, actually, they have. That's a lie. Um, but... <laughs> Seriously though, um, he's the most expensive defender of all time. Mm. That's a, that's just farcical, really, isn't it? Which is impressive because his errors definitely cost that much. <laughs> yeah, he he, he pro- he's probably over the span of his four-year United career, he's probably cost us about eighty points. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a disaster. Um, he'll be moved on, I think, uh, by one way or the other. And Bruno will probably be made club captain. I think that's the the feeling that I'm getting from the manager. Um, but we really, really uh, need the summer to come quickly. And it's a strange thing to say when you've got an FA Cup final, but we all know we've got about a ten percent chance of of lifting that trophy on the right. day. I'm still stacking twenty quid in United to win. Doesn't mean I think we will. <laughs> still going to do it though. Yeah, I'm sure the odds it'll probably be like four or five to one. I'd say. Uh, I'm be. actually going to check because I'm I'm intrigued. Um, it's it's one yeah. thing I had a bet let down this evening, a four to one bet. Um, that got done out by six passes from Victor Lindelof. So, um, maybe don't trust my betting too much. <laughs> yeah, Harry Maguire is an absolute disaster. 
I mean, but how many times do I have to say it? You know, you know, I, I feel these podcasts are becoming very repetitive. I think I say that it's like we could play podcast bingo here. You know, I say United never take our chances. Um, it's very, very poor defending. Um, they don't look fit. They've ran out of steam. Um, Harry Maguire is a disaster. It's like podcast bingo at this point. Um, you know, you know you say the same phrases time. every week. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get an actual bingo card for next time. By the way, nine to two for United to win. That's generous. Mm. Um, so four and a half to one technically. Yeah. No, well, it's actually like it's generous in terms of the boogies. You know, it's generous. I think United should be you know at a bigger price than that. It's generous, you know, in terms of United as a team. You know, they're not. They're not nine to two uh, in that game, uh, but it's stingy of the bookies to only offer that, uh, considering the golfing class between the two teams. Yeah. United, in my mind, are more like five to one uh, at the very least. Um, City so. are eight to fifteen. So if you stick a tenner down on City, um, you will win fifteen pound thirty p. Eight to fifteen. Yeah, I could see those odds. I see those odds changing. You know, United. Price will get wider and and cities will get shorter. I think mm-hmm. if you stick a tenner down in United, you lose a tenner. That's what will happen there. Um, I'm really not optimistic. I'm in Manchester and I know it's just going to be the most miserable night of my life flying home the next morning. Yeah. By the way, you're in. You were at the the Barcelona home game in Manchester. United are not playing the same as what they were back then, are they? exceptional match that night, right? Because you, you got the first 20, 25 minutes, there was nothing from us. You come into that second half, completely different gravy. Like, you could see it in the, second, the latter bit of the first half where things started to pick up. But the second half, we were playing, like, an entirely different side compared to today. It, it was, like, two different teams. It's almost like the gas tank has completely been poured out onto the floor. Not even emptied or used. It literally just looks like... Not even. Maybe set fire it or something. I don't know what happened. But the legs just aren't there. There's the the ninety percent comment that Ten Hag made. It's not even ninety percent. There's there's players out there that are doing seventy percent, eighty percent. Yeah, they're going for the motions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not good enough. Even Fred had a good game against Barcelona, um, and Anthony scored an exceptional goal that night. And it was great. He was very good that night. United were really up for it, but to tell you tell you something, a Barcelona player who impressed me that night was none other than Frankie De Jong. Uh, oh, and I'm no doubt Ten Hag will have another go at that transfer. He's uh, pretty much already been told no um, fairly recently. Um, so I doubt it. It looks like De Jong's going to be in Barcelona for as long as the Barcelona want them. Yeah, and I don't think uh, Mrs. De Jong wants to live in Manchester either. That's obviously... Uh, so it's a frequent problem. Uh, the, if, if you know footballers' wives want to move to, if they decide they want to move to England, it's London where they want to go. Yeah. Really, um, and Roy Keane used to complain about that as Sunderland manager that no wag ever wanted to travel no. and live in Sunderland. Who wants to live in Sunderland? Nobody. This, <laughs> this is the thing as well of like why years ago under Fergie we found it easier to attract players because the players that we wanted to attract was all the best British players. And they all, all the best British players didn't care that they lived in Manchester because they were going to have a nice big fancy house in Manchester, which was slightly different than the you know not so fancy house in Brighton or wherever, right? 
it was going to be, I'm playing for Manchester United in Manchester and I have a nice big fancy house there. Whilst now it is, is a case of the English teams are starting to take a sort of dip in quality and the the players from across the world are starting to get better. So trying to attract players from the Netherlands and Spain, Brazil, Argentina is harder now than it ever was because they're going to go, oh, I don't really, United aren't the team that they used to be. So I'm not really worried about it. Like Sebastian Veron, these sort of players, they're going to go, it's United, like I have to go. So it's a case of you don't have that appeal anymore and nobody really wanted to live in Manchester, but we were so good that they didn't care. Now it's a case of, right, well, we need to attract them with something. Um, we're not that good at the moment, so I can't attract them with that. The owners will pay you out your arse, um, but in weird structures and nobody knows, and you have to live in Manchester, which nobody from Spain or the Netherlands or any of these nice places are going to want to do. They're not going to want to live in Manchester. As you said, London's going to be the spot because it's London. Like Everyone gets the big appeal of it. Was fair play to Mrs. Casemiro. Yeah, I, that was a strange one. Yeah, and you know, Martinez came from Amsterdam to to uh, Manchester, uh, and obviously Anthony as well. So, um, yeah, so sometimes it matters, sometimes it doesn't. It just depends on the player and you know, on his relationship. But I think De Jong himself probably likes the lifestyle in Barcelona, and he's playing for a relatively good team. He's probably going to win the Liga this season. Definitely, so, definitely won the Liga. Nobody's catching them. Uh, so, it, it, like, we can ask the question one more time in June. If he says no, then move on because just we don't want another. Said, please, and nothing else. Just, just, yeah. just text him, please, and then nothing else. We don't want another saga. I can't be bothered. I really can't bother no. with that. I'll tell you another saga I can't be bothered with. It's Harry Kane with Daniel Levy to August 31st. I do not, I can't put no up part. with that. I couldn't give a shit if we got Harry Kane or not. If we got him, class. If we didn't, couldn't care less. Could not give to. If, if we're out for a striker, there's a handful of names you could go out for. I think I done a, a tweet about it where I worked out statistically who it was and whatever. I can't remember if I uploaded it, but I'd made a full Excel sheet of stats compared to who we have and compared to the best in the position of Ten Hag's system of that style of striker. Um, there's a lot of players out there. Harry Kane is not the one to go after if you're wanting a nice, easy signing. He doesn't really... Maybe he does want to leave. I don't know, but it doesn't seem that way. Like, he's not... You know, crying out to join United. Um, and it's also trying to get players out of Spurs is just hell on earth. You, you'll be there fighting for days. Who who do you think is the, is the best elite option? We need someone who's going to get, you know, 20 Premier League goals. Who do you the, think the, you would... the problem is you don't have any guarantees right now that you're not going to absolutely pay out your arse for. Um, you have to look at players that are going to be a risk and you have players like Rasmus Holland, um, who is exceptional, but again, very young, one season in, you know, consistent top top flight football. Um, how much of a guarantee is that? Not really one at all. Um, outside of that, you've got Aussie men. I'm gonna have to find my book. I had a a, a sheet made up with all of the, the players and stuff, but it's there's not any guarantees that I look at that I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's the one that we need to go for. Like when Holland was available, it was like, oh, well, you, you have to get him. You have to. And then City did and look what happened. Yeah, also, man, we had to pay through your ass to fucking get that one done as well. Um, 
there are some options even within the Premier League. Like Ivan Ferguson is a player I'm a big fan of in those early days in his career. But that's something that we could maybe look at and it wouldn't be a ridiculous fee. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't see us. I can't see any eighteen-year-old signing being our, you know, that being our, our number nine signing for the summer. He would only, I could only see that being a signing where he comes in with somebody else. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you have to look at players like Ollie Watkins, or you know, they're, they're... I really, I really, I really, really, really like Ollie Watkins. I liked him before he went to Villa, and then he had a, a bit of a drop off and. He's got very good now. He's very, very good this season. He's been really good since January. Um, I've got my my little list made up. Um, I have, let me see how many names I have on this list. I have 10 names on the list. Um, number one was Victor Oshiman, because uh, it's the most obvious one out there. Uh, number two was Gonzalo Ramos at Benfica. He had a really, really good um, international uh, run. Rasmus Holland, as I've already mentioned. Uh, number four was Mitrovic from Fulham. I think if you're going out for a player that's definitely going to do something in the Premier League and can almost guarantee you something, I think he's a good player. He has that attitude that I talk about that Anthony showed. Um, Number five, who's my actual sort of personal pick as a sort of go-to, but statistically doesn't really back it up, uh, Dusan Vlahovic at Juve. I'm just a really huge fan. I think he's absolutely exceptional. Statistically this year, not been amazing, but I think you bring him into our system under Ten Hag and he'll absolutely do wonders. He's got that sort of uh, RVP, Robin Van Persie style uh, style approach. Um, number six is an outside one. It's uh, Victor Gokadesh at Coventry. Statistically outrageous this year, like like ludicrous numbers, like 99th percentiles across the board on everything. I think it's progressive carries into the box. He's in the top 1%. Like He is elite this year, although it is at Coventry. So again, you have to take that a little bit of pinch of salt. Uh, seven is Randall Kolomowani. Again, everyone was kind of talking about him for a while. There's talks of a hundred million price tag on him. Nope. Uh, eight, Marcus Tram at Gladbach. Again, as the further down this list you go, the more you realize that these are just backup options. These are not players he's, that I'm looking to he's, start. He's, he's a free agent, though, so that would be yeah. a good deal. Uh, in terms of replacing Veghorst, this is kind of what I'm looking at here with 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 Marcus Turan. Um, He's not a guy that you want as your lead in number nine. Same with Beto at Udinese, another player that, again, big target man, squad player, not a starter. Um, but if you are looking for that type of player, I think Tammy Abraham could be a really, really, really nice one to look at. I think he's a really, really good player. Doesn't seem to get the the props that he deserves for some reason. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I'd be surprised uh, if we haven't mentioned uh, the number nine sign in the show tonight. Out of all the names we've mentioned, surely we'll sign one of them. Uh, if it's okay. somebody outside of that, I'll be immediately surprised. Um, this is, I'd seen the lads on, uh, on Stratford Paddock were talking about we need to sign a sort of Chicharito-style player the same way City got Julian Alvarez. We need somebody that's an outside shout. That's why I looked at um, Victor Gokadish at Coventry. Somebody that's not going to cost 35, 40, 50, 60 million. Somebody that's going to come in, might surprise you and do well, similar way that Dan James did, where you come in, you do, oh, he's actually not bad, him. He's quite good at the football stuff. He's all right. And then... If you're like, oh, maybe he's not as good as we thought he was, you can sell him on, maybe make a few quid in the same way you did with Dan James. If not, you break even. That's the type of player we need to go out as a squad player. And then you need a big, a big number nine, like an Aussie man, a Harry Kane, a Holland, um, whatever. 
Yeah, we need two strikers because Vekers yeah. and Martial both need to be moved on. Yep. Um, so we need the, the star name and then and then the backup. Um, and if we can get the backup on a free transfer or a, a you know a, a light you know transfer fee, then th- th- that's good business. Um, another thing I just want to touch on from tonight that really frustrated me, and I, I don't want to use it as an excuse, but I thought Andre Mariner had another absolute oh, disaster class. Um, and it was similar to the the game at Wembley where a lot of Brighton players were committing yellow card fouls and not getting yellow cards. And we're seeing more of that tonight. Um, he probably should have sent off uh, Casemiro and Anthony to, as well. Um, the, pen, the penalty was the right decision, but the free kick leading up to the penalty, that was not a foul. Um, so I just I think he's a referee that's been around a very long time and he's he's beginning to look like he, he's past it. I mean, but this, this season in particular has been the worst on record um, for referees a, a in the Premier League. A couple year. of notable stinkers in the last few United games. Yeah. Like so, time to hang up the boots. I think that referee. Um, mm-hmm. Can you believe the penalty that was awarded to Liverpool last night? Uh, it was yeah. a day by Darwin Nunes. Do you know what? I do genuinely think it was a penalty. Right? I know that's going to cause a lot of shitstorm. Right? I've seen a lot of people arguing that it's definitely not a penalty. Right? I think it is. I genuinely do think that's a penalty. The problem is. We had that exact same file a handful of months ago and we didn't get it given. So the referees need to decide on what counts and what doesn't count. I think it counts because there's contact with the player. The player's gone down. The ball wasn't touched. That's a penalty. In in writing, that's what a penalty is. You've touched the player in the box, which has caused the player to lose the ball by not touching the ball, right? That's pretty much the handwritten definition of a penalty. That's what happened. Why are they getting it, but we didn't? Yeah, what I saw there was the, the Fulham defender withdrew his leg and Darwin Nunes went down anyway. Yeah, um, theirs was actually lighter than our one, and they still got it, and we didn't. Um, how many? Do you know how many penalties United have had this season? It's not many, is it? Uh, it's the least in the league. I would say three in the league. Nope, not even two. two. <laughs> I know one was against Crystal Palace because. Uh, Bruno scored. Mm-hmm. What was what was the other one? I can't remember. I just seen that there was only two penalties all season. Yeah, disaster, isn't it? Uh, that's 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 not many like for a team near the near the in the top four of the league. Can you guess who's top? Penalty pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not quite. I think they were. I think that's seven. I could be wrong. No, it's City with nine. I'm not surprised at that, really. Um, I'll figure out what Liverpool's are. You'd expect the team at the top of the league to have the most penalties, but United only having two is very, very strange. Uh, we, we're clearly not getting decisions like in terms of penalties. Look at the file of McTominay in the Crystal Palace game at Selhurst Park. How is that not a penalty? It's beyond me. So many. Um, so many this season. That we're yeah, like, and Southampton, the handball, the player, Southampton defender on the ground, handing the ball. Uh, there was a, I think it was there was a game earlier in the season where Sancho was clearly kicked in the penalty and nothing was given. Uh, it's strange. I know we've had things that went our way as well. Uh, you know, football fans have a habit of they only see what they want to see. You know, the the blinkers. You know, mm-hmm. every fan believes that referees are against their club, and it's not true. The referees are just appalling, and that's yeah. The end. <laughs> It's not that they're delusional against us specifically. It's that they're just delusional and a bit thick. <laughs> yeah. As I, you see it time and time again on Twitter feeds. 
fans claiming that this referee is against them and this referee is against them. And you're like, that's just bollocks. Yeah. Uh, they're just really, There's, really bad at their jobs. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's not specific hatred. It's just that they're pish poor at their job. Okay, if everyone could please drop a like on the video, subscribe to the podcast and comment more of your thoughts down below. And we will wrap it up there. Thanks for coming on, Matthew. Uh, Thank always. you very much. Appreciate you having me. Uh, no doubt I'll have you on during the summer months to, to, to profile the, the new signings and go through all the statistics. Yeah, I'll do it, man. Definitely. You know I love my all stats. Right. Absolutely. All right, I'll see you later. See you later, Bob.